Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette and today I'm chatting to Chloe Johnson. She's a writer and the deputy editor of Conscious Being magazine which is for and by disabled women and non-binary folk. We're going to be chatting about the magazine, PTSD, chronic illness and more. We're a new magazine. We're just about to publish our second issue um, on the 1st of September. And we're for disabled women and non-binary folks. Um, we're kind of trying to be a fun, lively, vibrant magazine um kind of we're trying to be unique we we call ourselves the l of the disabled <laughs> disabled world um so yeah that's kind of a bit about us um super excited about our next issue which is coming out in september mm. i'm sorry if this is an obvious question but why is there a need for it so we kind of think there's a need for it because so liz who elizabeth wright who is the editor-in-chief of Conscious Being. She kind of created it. She It's her baby in a way. Um, it was kind of something that she wanted to see when she was younger. She wanted to see herself represented in kind of, you know, big magazines like Vogue, et cetera. And it just, it just wasn't really happening. Um, and a lot of magazines that you'll kind of see out there and definitely ones that I've seen, they're very medicalized. It's very much about, you know, the advertorials in it, for stair lifts and then they're not really for kind of a young age group and they're not really dealing with you know new fashions and new trends and arts and culture and all of that fun vibrant stuff that you know disabled women and and non-binary folks that they're allowed to like and they should like um and we just want to create that sort of space and community for them Mm, absolutely um and how is it different from other kind of more mainstream magazines or sort of typical lifestyle magazines which i'm struggling to not name, um, but I'm sure we can think of lots of them. <laughs> yeah, so we kind of try and do everything 
make sure everything's very inclusive. Um, so, for example, I run the accessible fashion column, which we do in every issue even. And uh, so it will be things like looking at ostomy bags. Um, fashion is completely different if you have an ostomy bag. Um, I have a chronic illness and certain materials, if they're too tight, they'll kind of make me very painy. So it's kind of thinking about different sort of disabilities and uh, getting other kind of startup companies in there. Um, that's one thing that we really like. Um, another thing that we're super proud of, and this is a re- this was really important for me as the deputy editor, is kind of paying our disabled creatives. Um, we had a platform on Medium before we went to print, digital print. Um, and we really wanted to go to print and we were super excited about it. But we kind of held off until we made sure that we could pay all of our creatives and all of our writers. Because as a freelance writer, that's something that's super important to me, obviously. Um, I think in the disabled community, a lot of the time, you're kind of expected to kind of pitch in with advice and opinions for free. Um, and that's not something that we want to do. We want to make sure we're paying people for their work um, and paying creatives especially, as that's kind of an issue that I find in the industry. Mm, absolutely. That sort of leads on to my next, next question, um, which is about... Um, what sort of challenges have you faced working on other publications or um, sort of in other sort of typical office setups? Um, You don't have to name names. No, definitely no. No, it's okay, I won't. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I have have a chronic illness as well as mental health issues. Um, And I think that's part of the reason why I am freelance actually. Um, so one of my chronic illnesses, I have migraines, which if you've ever had a migraine, you know, they just knock you out completely. Um, and I think in kind of the journalism and writing industry, as well as that kind of need for exposure and kind of paying you an exposure, which I completely disagree with. Um, there's also an expectation for everything to be on demand and, uh, you know, sick pay and, uh, being kind of kind towards having a a ill health day is something that I've definitely come across with some employers definitely it's it's a struggle isn't it with long-term conditions because I've found that with my bipolar disorder it's sort of like I mean sometimes you get lucky and you have a really great boss and they're very sort of understanding and stuff but I think sometimes with other people there can be the idea that maybe you know, oh, they un- they understand illness in that, oh, you might have a week off or you might have a few days off. But sometimes they struggle with the idea that actually, you know, this is a recurring thing. You know, you're going to have to have a period of time off. And then later in the year, you, ne- you need another period of time off. And then the next. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of that thing of you're ill and then you recover and then you're not ill again, which when you have a chronic illness isn't isn't your truth. That's not what happens. You get ill. You maybe feel a little bit better and then you're ill again, but you're always kind of ill on some sort of spectrum. Um, and I think, you know, that can be really difficult for people to understand if they haven't gone through it themselves. Do you mind telling us a bit more about your own um, chronic illness um, and PTSD? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the chronic illness that I'm officially diagnosed with is fibromyalgia, which is a chronic pain disorder. Um 
and it intersects a lot with my PTSD, especially in terms of getting a diagnosis. Um, there's this thing called diagnostic overshadowing, which is something that I've come across a lot um, in terms of if you go to the doctor for kind of a mental health issue and you say, hey, I'm really struggling with my kind of PTSD issues at the moment. Um, can we kind of talk about that? They're like, cool. And then if you go to them with kind of chronic pain problems, they'll all put it down to kind of the PTSD and the mental health issues. So that's something that I've kind of come across with personally. Um, and that has made my kind of history with doctors and getting diagnosed a bit more difficult. And that's why currently, even though I've been going to the doctors for chronic health problems for a long, long while, I'm still kind of under investigation and I'm still going to the doctors and still getting blood tests and we're still figuring out, you know, what exactly is going on here. Um, so that's definitely something that's been going on. When did it start for you in terms of um, in terms of the, the chronic illness? Um, like how old were you? And then how long did it take for you to be diagnosed? Although it does sound like you're, you're still, like you say, you're still kind of getting diagnosed. Yeah, yeah. So my chronic pain issues I kind of first noticed them around when I first hit puberty around 13 around there um and I'm 22 now so it's been it's been a fair while um but I've been properly going to the doctors for it since I was around 15 16 um so it's been a good kind of six year uphill battle <laughs> in terms of diagnosis um, but there are some really lovely doctors out there who have kind of helped me understand what's going on, um, as well as, you know, the the less nice doctors. Um. Mm. It's really interesting what you said about that sort of the way that some less nice doctors, as you say, though, um, can kind of blame other things on mental health issues. So maybe not take physical stuff seriously. Um yeah, it can be really, it can be really frustrating to kind of know that there's something wrong with you. And I think this is something that a lot of chronically ill people struggle with um, in terms of if they have some sort of mental health issue. A lot of the times, especially chronic pain can be put down to that. And that is because there is a huge intersect. If I'm having a difficult mental health day or I'm, you know, particularly stressed, stress does contribute to my chronic illness. That's true. Um, but I think there's kind of a line that needs to be drawn in terms of investigation because I'm still in pain, even if it is due to my mental health issues. Um, or if it's not, it still kind of needs to be investigated. So I think definitely it can be frustrating. Mm. Um What's helped you in terms of managing your conditions um, over the years? So in terms of kind of what's helped me, there's two things. And these, these, these help both my chronic illness and kind of my mental health as well. One, I like to kind of treat myself a bit like a plant, which I know sounds ridiculous. But sunshine really, really helps me making sure I'm stretching my limbs. It really helps my mood. It's not always possible with chronic illness, but, you know, things like watering myself, getting fresh air, um, they really, really help me. And it, it's just something that seems really basic that for me, I struggle a lot with kind of anxiety and feeling like I'm not doing enough and not working enough. So those sort of basic things can often get lost in kind of the rush 
Um, so it's kind of getting back to basics and treating myself a bit like a plant does <laughs> me. That's what I call it anyway. Um, and the second thing is kind of taking that next step. I, I would say to myself, if I'm having a really overwhelmed day, I'll think, what can I do in the next hour? And then after that hour's done, I might feel a bit better. And I'll think, well, what can I do by the end of the day? And it's kind of taking your huge to-do list and it's just stripping it to the bare bones. And it's thinking, well, what, what can I actually get done in, in that short amount of time? And that really helps me. Even, even if like, you know, what can I do that's my very best in that, in that moment? Um, even if that's just having a nap, which it sometimes is. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's great advice. And that's great advice for, for everyone. Um, do you have any um, other sort of specific advice for anybody who might have recently been diagnosed um, with a chronic illness and is sort of at that point that you were sort of a while ago? Yeah, definitely. So I think writing down your symptoms and I think having faith in yourself is a really big thing. Um, asking for a second opinion is completely valid um you're completely okay to do that if you don't think you're getting you know believed especially if you're kind of a woman that can happen quite a lot um and i think just having that sort of belief in yourself that you know your body the best <laughs> and if you think something's wrong with it then uh you you'll get there and hopefully you can figure it out um and i think specifically in terms of stuff that I've done for my chronic illness, joining uh, joining the kind of disabled community in both, you know, creating conscious being and, and on social media and talking to people and kind of getting involved in that disabled community really helped me because it's kind of helped me acknowledge that I am ill and that's okay. Um, and I can still be, you know, really happy and, and have a, have a great time of it. Even if, you know, sometimes my, a lot of the time my illness does, does suck, you know, but I think that's kind of, that would kind of be my advice, kind of trust yourself, um, and, and get involved in the community if you can, because there's, there's a lot of great people out there who offer some really, really great advice. Um, and they're doing some really great things. Mm. How have you found the past year? It's quite a big question. It is. It is a massive question. Last year was just so weird. Um, I think everyone's kind of had the ups and downs. And for me, it's been it's been kind of a lot. Um, having a chronic illness and knowing, knowing that yourself and people that you know are a high risk and having that huge fear of... Um, the pandemic kind of affecting you in a very personal way, um, even more so than it was already doing, is is was quite real. And it can be something that's really overwhelming without you even realizing it. Um, but I think that one thing that's kind of come out of the last year is that for somebody that has PTSD, we're kind of, I've seen a lot of people realizing that trauma isn't this thing that kind of happens in whispers and dark corridors. And it's something that happens every day and to any type of person and that you can kind of um struggle with it you know it, it doesn't have to be this huge thing if trauma has affected you, you it's affected you um so I think in that sense there's been kind of a more positive move towards at least discussing trauma and how it doesn't fit in this kind of neat little box 
Um, so that's something kind of a little bit positive that I've taken from it. But it's been it's been a bit of a roller coaster. <laughs> mm, yes, tell me about it. <laughs> um, so finally, what are your hopes for the year ahead? And also, what are your hopes for the magazine? <laughs> well, my hopes for the year ahead and the hopes for Conscious Being kind of one and the same. Um, conscious Being is just it's it's something I really believe in it's something I think is really really special and so I'm just super excited for the next issue in September we're looking to go to physical print as well um we're looking at creating a website having some great great merch and I just hope that we can expand and grow and we can keep we can pay even more disabled writers pay even more disabled creatives and illustrators and just grow a really, really nice community of people who feel kind of loved and supported and seen. Um, and that's something I really, really hope for. Brilliant. And where can listeners find it? So we can find it on Instagram at conscious being. Um, you can find it on Twitter, conscious being magazine, and you can find it at flip snack. Goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Ring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review. It's much appreciated. Uh, Helps us, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So please do rate and review and check back in next week for more Mentally Yours. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.